everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bits and Bites. Today we have a very interesting guest with joining us today. Um, her name is Sherry. Um, Sherry, how about I let you kind of kick off with an introduction? So who are you? What are you doing right now? And why are you on this podcast oh, with cool. us today? Well, thank you for having us. Um, I'm on this podcast because... Samson and I used to sing in choir together. <laughs> and um, so my name is Sherry. Uh, I am currently assistant professor at Berkeley College of Music. Um, I am also the co-founder of Ictus Audio. Um, we are a post-production audio service. So we do scores and sound designs, music for advertisement, um, film, TV, uh, VR is a big one in games. Um, and we also are a contemporary music education academy. Cool. Wow. So a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to gloss over the Samson being in choir part. We'll plug in a solo. It was at the great. End. <laughs> was he? He sang way better than me back then. <laughs> wow. I was pretty good. I was pretty what good. What happened? No. Why are you in Assess <laughs> Assessment of two. <laughs> I think the videos are still on YouTube somewhere. Oh, okay. We're, we're going to tag something in. Yes. <laughs> we'll put up a little gif here or something. Um, but yeah, no, it sounds like there's a lot going on for you right now. So definitely want to explore a little bit deeper into that, especially maybe for the audience um, that is listening in or watching in, you know, they might be confused. It's like, what is like, you know, post-production um, music scoring mm -hmm. or, you know, like what is that exactly maybe to a non-technical um, or music uh, right. experienced um, person. So, um, but before we get into that, of course, we do have the food aspect of each episode. So we brought Sherry um, something interesting today. So Vancouver actually has a very big Mexican food scene. And I was luckily enough able to get my hands on tamales. Yeah. <laughs> um, woo! So these tamales are actually from a, a store. Uh, they're called Sombrero's Mexican Products and Taquera. They have both an a vast majority, or sorry, a vast variety of Mexican products and foods. Um, but they also do sell tacos, tamales, as well as um, your uh, typical Mexican drinks. Um, so you can find like horchata there or lemonade or anything else that you might want to try. So today we actually um, are brought in two different types of tamales. Um, so one of them is the Rajas tamales flavor, which is a mixture of poblano pepper, cream, and cheese. And then we have the carne rojo tamales, which is beef and peppers inside. Um, and as you all know, I like to kind of nerd out and kind of figure out where these foods came from. So just a little bit of history here. Um, so it is first thought that tamales actually existed back around as early as 8000 BC, originating in Mesoamerica. Um, the exact origins are not um, concrete for sure, but tamales is actually very widely enjoyed across all of Latin America. So there are a lot of different variations of this, um, but the general concept is that it's made out of a corn dough and it's usually steamed with inside a corn husk or a banana leaf. So as you can see here, we do have a 
food camera that you can take a look inside. Um, so as you can see, the dough is steamed inside um, and it's usually kind of mixed up with the ingredients. We did receive also some salsa and sauces to go with it um, to enjoy the food. So I'm just gonna quickly prepare this for everyone to give it a bite, couple bites here and give that a try. <laughs> yeah, so for audio listeners, this is a good chance to plug our YouTube. You can get to see the whole video version. You know, we're we're doing this live. We're not just talking about food. We're actually going to try it. Gene's cutting it up as we speak. Um, I are you are you a big fan of Mexican food in general? Yes, Sherry? absolutely. But I've never had tamales, and it's a very ambiguous looking food. Yeah, like the the one. I think this is like a more authentic version than like I don't know. I was joking before the show. I was saying like I only eat it as candy. <laughs> like it's like cinnamon hearts type stuff, right? But um, but um, I know you've traveled quite a bit. Is there been like a favorite place for for Mexican food that that you can remember? I guess Mexico, if you've been there. But. I mean, yeah, I've been to Cancun. Yeah. Um, and then, but honestly, it was like resort. Yeah. Food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I wouldn't say is very traditional Mexican. <laughs> yeah. There is this wonderful restaurant in Boston. Um, that I've been going to, but it's the same with these. You never remember yep. the names. You yeah. remember how to get there. Yeah. And I know uh, for sports fans, the kind of Boston versus Vancouver does bring up some, some painful memories. Um, but, but how do you compare the food scene? Cause we'll obviously we'll, we'll talk a, more, a little bit more about it. You definitely spent a bit of time in Boston as well as of course here in Vancouver. Vancouver right? food is supreme to me. There's no comparison to <laughs> Vancouver food scene. Well, we're not paying her to say that. So. No, no, it's true though. It's so true. I think there's so much more variety, so much more fusion. Yeah, in Vancouver. Yep. Um, and Boston is known for the lobster. It's known for the New England glam chowder. Yep. that's pretty good. Yep. Um, but but how many lobster rolls can you eat? Exactly. And that's that's the question, right? Yes. Like I remember I visited Boston in, in June. I was kind of talking about it. It's, it. it's good. It's great. It's just, I think I did three and I think that was like one too many. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're paying $50, $60 to eat a sandwich. Yes. Wow. So, 56. With lobsters, yeah. although, but. Literally lobsters, sometimes mayonnaise <laughs> <laughs> and, and bread. You know, the, you know what the best kind of lobsters are? Where? The free ones. <laughs> <laughs> so. I remember it was in 2018, 2018, and then we did our first VR music project mm -hmm. um, using spatial audio, which is like a tech thing. Maybe we'll get into it later. Mm -hmm. Spatial audio is really cool. And then Facebook noticed our work and Facebook invited us to go to their New York quarters and oh, wow. Toronto quarters to speak about spatial audio. And they gave us a stipend for food of something like $150 per person per day. Wow. That's a, uh, that's a lot of lobster rolls. That's a lot of just straight up lobsters, just like butter <laughs> lobsters to the point that I was like, yeah, this is too much lobster. <laughs> I, I still remember, dig in guys. Um, yes. um, I still remember the first time I went to New York as a kid and I had a relative there and they took me out to some seafood restaurant. And I, I kid you not, you know, it was my first time kind of like out of the West coast in my life. Mm -hmm. I was like 12, 13. And, and I got served crab and then the waiter was like, oh, this, this, this crab is really fresh. It's from BC. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what happened, right? I'm like, what? And of course there's probably like a two X, three X pricing on it because you mm. know, they had to import it from yeah. <laughs> literally where I came from to, to New York to put it back in my mouth. So, exactly. 
How's that? How's your first few bites? I'm still deciphering what I'm eating. <laughs> um, is this mostly corn? Yeah. So the um, the outside part is a corn kind of like ground up, and then mm. I believe it. Um, they kind of use like water. Um, I'm not sure what else they usually add into this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's wrapped in corn uh, corn dough. Uh, they call it kind of like a corn. Let me see here. I love the flavors. Hmm. Hmm. It's very like almost texturally. It's kind of a uh, grainy in a good way. Um, and there's a bit of spice in the one that came with the beef. Like mm. I kind of like that part. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like for for like um, I would consider myself like more of like a Mexican food novice. This feels like like a next level, right? Like you know, you start mm. with the tacos, burritos, which like you know, if you talk to to true Mexican friends of a show, uh, Regina would tell you like they don't eat tacos in Mexico, like not the way we eat it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but like this would be like the an evolution of that. Like you know, you you get started eating like you know your taco bells and whatever. You move on to better tacos, and now you're trying to experience like something else. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely still has that kind of aroma to it. Um, but it's a very very different experience. So definitely yes, try it out. Thanks this, for this. Tastes like it's not pandering. Yes. Mm -hmm. To any non Mexican audience. Yes. yes. So. I already forgot where you came it from. So so if you were sponsored <laughs> by this restaurant, this would be like a terrible plug. <laughs> but I would I would definitely try it again. Mm -hmm. Actually, a surprising fun fact. So for those that are listening, if you've ever been to Duffin's Donuts, I feel it's such a unique shop because, you know, they have obviously donuts there, but they also sell tortas. They also have tamales there. So, but this is not from Duffin's Donuts. No, this is not from Duffin's Donuts. <laughs> so we're giving a plug to Duffin's Donuts, but we are not eating Duffin's Donuts. <laughs> no, I just found it very interesting because they have just such a wide range of foods there. Like you can get a hot dog, a hamburger, but if you want, you can also go for tamales or tortas from Duffin's from Donuts. Duffins. You know what this reminds me of? Mm -hmm. Do you know? Um, so it's like Chinese, um, like lotus leaf. Mm. Wrapped with like sticky rice. Yes, on the yes, outside yes, yeah, yeah. And the stuff yeah. on the inside. Yes. It's like the same principle. Yeah. yeah. But the spices are different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very For similar. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Now, if if you're in Vancouver, you're new to Vancouver, since since we're already plugging Duffin's Donuts, it's one of the <laughs> weirdest restaurants I can say out there because it's open 24 hours. There's and it's pretty busy. All yeah. most most all the times I've been there, I haven't been there in three in the morning, but you know, it is what it is. But every time I've been there, it, it's busy. And and like their donuts are not bad. Like you said, you can get hot food there as well. You can also get fried chicken there. Oh, yeah, I, they have fried chicken. Now that yes. I mention it, like I realize like we've done like three seasons of Bits and Bites and we haven't had fried chicken on here once. Mm. Um, <laughs> what What's going on, Samson? I'm going to blame you, even though you've only been here for one we season. Need to Ray. We need to increase our budget, but, you know, upgrade to uh, the Korean chicken fried ain't chicken. Chicken ain't cheap. Yes. <laughs> Can I plug something? <laughs> yeah. Okay, best pierogies in Vancouver that I've oh. ever had mm -hmm. um, from Café du Soleil on Café commercial. Café du Soleil, yes. And it's like there's Cafe Du Soleil, like D-U, and then De, like French too, D-E-U-X. D so it's the second one. It's the, caf like there are two sons in this coffee shop. <laughs> and they only serve, their pierogies are so precious because they only want to serve it like after 5 p.m. Wow. And wow. if you go there for lunch, it's not even available. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the best pierogies that I've ever had. Cafe du Soleil. Yeah, they have these comedy sh- nights where people just go up for random bits of um, improv comedy. And that's when you would order the pierogies. And they're so good. All right. Yeah, I need to write this down. Cafe yeah. du Soleil. We're, we're, we'll, we'll tag that in somewhere. But definitely for those of you that are, are new to Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, this is one you're going to want to write down. These are only things that you find on our show. I would guarantee you no tech show <laughs> we'll we'll talk about pierogies on commercial. Was it commercial or yeah, commercial, commercial, commercial drive. Broadway in that area. <laughs> Cafe du Soleil closed just <laughs> a few months ago. <gasps> Wait, the oh. du Soleil or du Soleil? Well, yeah, there's the, two. The French du. Oh no! Oh, they no. were they were kind of like the cultural subculture center of you uncultured people. <laughs> <laughs> no, why? Oh, oh, we're we're damn, in shock. COVID. Oh, I know, it's you been. Know, a, I also heard, um, like, completely unrelated to food, but like, Katoro Cafe, the um, mm. really popular bubble mm-hmm. tea shop to adopt cats. I know they're also struggling from the mm. pandemic. It's really sad to see so many big icons in Vancouver's community just, yeah, still feeling the impact of COVID nineteen. Well, you can get your pierogies at Starbucks instead then. <laughs> Imagine if they started selling ho- actually no, I guess they do sell hot food, but I was thinking like, you know, actual fuller meals, that would be maybe that's yes. their next direction. Anyway, so mm-hmm. so kind of kind of drawing we we obviously have gone far and long <laughs> we, from from talking about, you know, you know, Sherry's life a little bit. But like I, I'm always curious because because actually you're you're the second musician musician mm-hmm. um that, that has come on the show. Um, but I'm always curious about musicians. Like, were you, did you always want to be in music? Like what kind of drew you maybe from a young age? Was it something that you just found that you were good at or what happened? I'm very seriously eating. So (laughs) (laughs) I have to finish this bite. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. This is not for a show. I'm actually hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I purposely didn't eat breakfast. Oh, we got to buy more food then. Okay. No, no, no. This, this will be perfect. Very filling. Okay. So um, I listened to the last episode. The um, opera singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opera yeah. singer turned. Uh, turned soccer. Coder. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was so fascinating. Um, I've told. <laughs> it's a little bit of an awkward story, but I'm very open about it. So I have played piano throughout my childhood, mm-hmm. but, you know, very like mm-hmm. average Chinese kid style. Yeah. Um, and then I learned when I was in grade four, I actually studied in Montreal. Okay. And my catchment happened to be the best music high school, middle school. Uh, no, it was like elementary, middle school, high school, all the way through. Yeah. But it was an art-centered school. Oh, um, it's called FACE, uh, Formation Artistique au Centre de l'Éducation, which means artistic formation at education center. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And then um, it was just the best school in the catchment. What it was right next to McGill University. Mm -hmm. So there, I started learning four instruments. Everybody had to learn four instruments in grade four. It's wow. It's like a huge endeavor, Um, like trumpet, violin, clarinet, flute. But even then. Like, I, I found that it was easy for me to learn these instruments and I really enjoyed them. Um, but that was never really my interest. Mm-hmm. And then it all started in grade 10 when 
I went to an IB school mm -hmm. in hopes of getting into like, you know, an Ivy League university, yep. blah, 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 blah. And then I had this huge crush on a guitarist mm -hmm. from our school. Yep. Why are you laughing? <laughs> 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 so the story begins. And then um, it was really to impress him that I said, oh, I want to go into music. And at the time, I think most kids were listening to, you know, like Billboard. And uh, if you were a little better, like your parents liked music, you might listen to something better. But to me, it was it was very like, what do you call it? Vanilla music. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but this crush that I had showed me all the different styles of music that were there, like progressive rock, mm -hmm. electronic, blues, R&B, Motown, like just a whole range and at the same time, um, the school that I was attending, my high school, Port Moody Secondary, had a legendary music teacher. Um, his name is Mr. AJ Dowlett. He's still in the area. He's still teaching. I'm not sure which school right now, but he single-handedly put together the best music program that I've ever seen. Wow. Um, ever at any high school. So imagine if you are into music and in high school, you are provided with electives, including recording arts, like with actual microphones and learning how to set up a live system, um, composition, uh, logic, so a music workstation, technology class, guitar, rock ensemble, all of these things. Like he single-handedly put all of that together. And I would really say gave us bits of professional music education yeah. that you would only get in a much later level or mm. through paying a lot of money. But this was public education. So he was my mentor back then, even now, um, and completely changed my thoughts about music. So then I began to realize I was so much more interested in music than every other subject, mm -hmm. um, which in I was an IB and I had, you know, decently good grades and every other class, I just mostly, I, I would fall asleep. Um, but the moment I walk into the music cl classroom, you would just come alive. Yeah. I think a lot of music kids and theater mm. kids have that experience. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was about when I realized I wanted to, I, I'm drawn to this more mm. than anything else. Hey, listener, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Bits and Bytes so far. If you want to meet others like our guest today, join our network at Launch Academy by applying for our Launchpad program, where you can enjoy weekly programming, content, resources, and benefits from Amazon, Microsoft, and more. Learn more about the Launchpad program by going to launchacademy.ca slash launchpad. That's launchacademy.ca slash launchpad. All right, now back to the show. That's wow. really fascinating. I didn't know you went to Port Moody because I went to Port Moody. Yeah, where? we were just there. Oh, yeah. when did you go to Port yeah, Moody? Yeah, I went, to, I graduated whole. I'm going to out my age on, on the show. <laughs> Fine, it's, it's um, okay. No, it's I, okay. uh, I graduated in 2005. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ah. Um, but uh, I did Lennon not- Was Lennon there? I don't then? remember. No. <laughs> but, but I did not go through any music class. Therefore, I just, I very, very resonated with the rest of your classes where you fall asleep in class. <laughs> so that part I got. <laughs> but that's really cool. Yeah. I also want to kind of touch a bit because I know like, you know, you mentioned going to IB school a lot. Like I personally never did, but my brother did. And, um, you know, you mentioned how you were thinking about trying to get into like an actual IB school. And in a weird way, like I want to explore this maybe later mm. on, your path ended up 
getting you into Boston eventually, just in a completely... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that I've learned and I keep telling my students too. Like life is not linear. Mm-hmm. It's Everyone assumes that life is linear and you plan it that way, but it's really not. Yeah. You know, and it goes through wiggly lines and then you end up where you're supposed to end up anyway. So... Yeah, and I want to kind of explore that a bit here because I think the general approach that we wanted to take with your episode is to explore a little bit more about your, I guess we can call it like the wiggly line journey yeah. to where you are mm-hmm. now. And so I know you, we talked a little bit about um, how you got into music and that mm-hmm. was your passion. And so when you decided, I just wanted to backtrack, when you said you were going to school in Montreal, like was that by choice or was that just happened because, you know, your parents were suggesting, hey, look, whether they were relocated or mm-hmm. was that? Yeah, yeah. Um, my growth story is just one of moving around with parents' work. Ah, that's, I see, I see. that's all. I went to four different elementary schools, wow. and three different middle high, middle school, high schools, all combined. I moved oh. eleven times before I hit eighteen. Wow! wow. So that's just because of my parents' job. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then, as we kind of alluded to, you ended up at, at Berkeley Post High School. Um, what did you study there? Uh, electronic production and sound design. So by then, you were already kind of deep into not just not just um, um, music, but also like the the production side as well. Right. So this is a really interesting topic, which mm-hmm. is um, part of the reason why I think everyone assumes that a career in music would be very difficult, mm. and. It's also true for a large majority of, let's say, kids who want to go into this Mm -hmm. is information gap, which is what you assume something is versus what something actually is. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when we say uh, like average non-musician, say, study music, you're Mm -hmm. thinking about what? What is that involve? Playing an instrument. Like, yeah, singing. playing an instrument, maybe like songwriting, right. singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those things are, if music industry was a pyramid, those things are this much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then everything else, that's where the actual industry is. That's where the career mm-hmm. is. And it's not very different from any other tech work. Yes. Um, it's you learn a skill and then there's a place you apply your skill. Mm-hmm. But that's the huge information gap that yeah. people have yeah. that they don't realize what studying music actually means. Mm-hmm. Because for most kids, when they say they love music, actually it's it's the sound, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. enjoy hearing sounds organized in time. So it's not necessarily a specific genre of music, a style of music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people say they just like a style of music or this thing like like piano performance, for example, yep. just because that's the only thing they've ever done. When in fact, you might be drawn to a larger array of things that you might do that relates to sound. Right. But mm, they were not exposed to that idea. So mm-hmm. going back to uh, what you said in the very beginning, which is what what is post-production, right? Mm-hmm. So give us a brief example of how vast this is. Um, we are in the 5G era. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are bombarded with visual entertainment every single second. Yeah. Where there is visual information, there is usually sound accompanied. Right? Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about advertisements, TV, games, your phone screen. 
um, TikTok, anything. If there's yeah. visuals, there should be sound. And as we go into the more, which I believe will happen, AR, VR, XR world, that is going to be even more integrated. Mm-hmm. We barely can escape sound. Yes. Like a moment ago, I heard someone's phone ring mm-hmm. outside. Someone had to design that ringtone. Yes. Right. So what is post-production is, well, that's part of it, but the, the entire world of sound design and scoring. Mm-hmm. So let's say, do you guys play games? Oh, yeah. yeah. What games? <laughs> you can go. Uh, well, right now I'm playing Valorant a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, what about you? Oh, I play Valorant too, but not with her. It just so happens that I don't know that game. Yeah. Um, but League of Legends. Legends. League of Legends. Like, okay. League yeah. of Legends. Yeah. So say League of Legends, right? So when you enter it, there has to be a menu, mm. right? When you scroll through the menu, there's sound, mm-hmm. right? When you select an action, there's sound. Uh, the hero walks through the field. Mm-hmm. When you're in this map, it's a certain type of music. Mm-hmm. When you go into another map, you get transported to another map that's a new music. Mm-hmm. When you're just walking around and there's no enemy, that's a type of music. Yep. When enemies come, all of a sudden you're into combat mode. That's different music. When you win, there's a winning music. And when you lose, there's a losing music, right? And then you have to bounce back to to wherever to start, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, just waiting for the next combat to happen kind of thing. And for League, I know I don't play League. I have a vague understanding of it. But let's say you have different skins. Yeah. Yeah. Skins have different soundtracks accompanying yes. them. Yes. Right. I actually have a student uh, who I've linked them up to League's team and then they made a score for one of the skins. Mm. Oh. Wow. Um, so all of that is sound and music and someone has to do it. Yeah. Someone has to make those. You just don't think about it. See, see, I relate to that because that's how Riot takes all my money. Yeah, yes. I was just going to say. Like, oh, and Riot's, Riot's really team, Riot's music team, uh, I, from what I remember, a lot of them came from my program. Ooh, yeah. That's very cool. Because like, like that, that to me is so vivid. And, and like, 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 like Gene says, like I played Valorant, but I used to play other games like Overwatch or yeah. Counter-Strike. And one of the big differences, like, I don't know, I didn't play League either. But one of the big differences when I played Riot's games was that sound. I'm like, oh, I want to pay $10 for the skin because, yeah, because when yeah. the reload sound makes me feel good. right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, it's, and it's not just like, oh, I like this note. It's like it somehow creates a feeling that's like, oh, I yes. can somehow shoot better like this. Even yeah, though like, logically it doesn't make sense. But then, you know, when your mentals go into your confidence, that actually Exactly. Changes. And, you know, when you input like a magic thing you're going to do, how do you mm. know that you actually did it? There's a mm. sound that tells you. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's a visual, but also the sound feedback is more immediate. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you're like, okay, I did that thing. Yeah. yeah. Or this enemy's dead. And someone has to design those sounds. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Right. I think actually Valorant's a really good example of that because mm. Um, I always kind of joke around with my group and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm playing Valorant because it gives me my daily like serotonin <laughs> boost. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like the, um, as Sam was mentioning, like the skins, each individual skin has such a unique sound to mm-hmm. it. Um, like, for example, if uh, you queued on, let's say there's a skin called like Glitch Pop, which is kind of mm-hmm. like a cyberpunk, yeah. like funky, like pop um, uh, skin aesthetic. But if you just play that sound, which is kind of like a ta-chink, like mm-hmm. immediately people are like, okay, that's glitch pop. Yes. It's such a unique sound. And especially when it comes to like the satisfying feeling, like mm-hmm. when, for example, you get a headshot, which mm-hmm. is like the prime type of like aim you want to go for. Yeah. They just have this 
like accompanying like note that goes with it so it's like it just becomes really satisfying when you hit those and it progresses mm -hmm. as well when you get multiple kills so yeah you can definitely <laughs> yes like one of the um the, the highest grossing mobile game of ever all-time candy crush mm. oh yeah for example, what do you play it for you play for the mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yes. awesome. my mother is a big fan of that <laughs> right and it's got such relaxing music and you just bling, yep. but that that also yeah. kind of goes into like iconic sounds right like like when we talk about netflix and and those yes. who are listening are yeah. know, it's it's that sound sonic branding yeah sonic branding i think sonic that's that's, that's mm -hmm. the i guess the professional word for yeah. it now I can just stop saying, let's do that Netflix thing. <laughs> we actually designed uh, the new sound for Emily Carl's logo. They have a moving cool. video logo. Mm -hmm. So th that's part, all part of it. You know, Ted has yeah. a sound, Ted Talks, yeah. for example. Um, yeah, a lot of things. You just relate the, mm -hmm. relate the, sound, the yeah. sound. Yeah. I actually have a question for you. So how does the process in all of this like start? Like, let's say um, like, Launch Academy. We mm -hmm. came to you and we're like, hey, we want a intro like sound to just chime us in for a Bits mm -hmm. and Bytes episode. Yeah. Like how does that process kind of start? Like, is there like questions that you kind of ask or like yeah. research and branding? Absolutely. Right? It's what moods do you want? How mm -hmm. long do you want it to be? Um, lots of emotional words. Like, mm -hmm. what are the emotions that you want to create? That's my job as a professional to interpret your very subjective adjectives into what that means sonically mm -hmm. um and i'll ask for references like mm -hmm. what are some sounds that you like mm -hmm. or if you don't have any then i will based on what you gave me provide you a list of references and say what do you think about this what do you think about that do you like mm -hmm. this style that style this style that style we narrow it down mm -hmm. and then um i start making something as a draft oh, and then i give that to you yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then kind of, kind of, I, I want to definitely talk about Ictus, which is the company you started <laughs> with your, your co-founder, um, but kind of trying to connect the dots here, right? So, so we have one example where it's like someone comes to you and like, we're using that Netflix example yeah. where, where some comes to you, they want a specific sound. Um, others like small, small scrappy companies like us and full disclosure, now the wall is closed. We'll, <laughs> we'll go on, we'll go on, you know, sound forest or theme forest or something like that. Mm -hmm. We'll buy sure. what, 499, whatever mm -hmm. it is. I'm sure. So, so do you find that you have, when, when clients come to you or potential clients, is there a lot of convincing to do that the, the amount of custom work, the, the, you know, original kind of sound production for them is, is more value than like, where was the gap, right? right. Obviously it de uh, depends on budgets. If they don't have the budget, they don't have it. But for those that have the budget, but they're not sure if they want to spend it. Do you find that the, your, your customers as a generality um, are, are educated in enough. And, and I, I guess it has to be because, you know, you've built a business out of this, right? I very rarely do convincing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that if I have to convince you to spend money on something, mm -hmm. then you will find a million reasons to find unhappiness in mm -hmm. my work. Um, if you come to me, it's because you already realize the value of this thing. Mm -hmm. Then we can just talk about budget. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, because everybody's needs are different, yes. I don't feel like telling someone what their needs are. Mm -hmm. um, the The convincing could happen in ways where they don't realize that something is missing. So, mm -hmm. for example, you guys have very good sound as a podcast. OK, um, but <laughs> great job. Um, but 
let's say some podcasts, I don't know how many you listen to, like sometimes some podcasts would have, let's say, a very noisy background mm -hmm. or not a very good sound capture. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't sound as professional as it could be, then they don't necessarily realize that. Or sometimes the volume goes like up and down, right? Mm -hmm. right. So let's say that podcast isn't doing very well, mm -hmm. but they don't know why. Mm -hmm. Then there is an opportunity for me to convince you by showing you how much better this can be. But even that I do very little of. I okay. much prefer approaching people who have a ready need that I can just fill. That's very cool. Uh -huh. And so that's where most of your clientele, I presume, comes yes. from. They, they kind of, you have a history of work. And so so let, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, Ictus, how did it start? And, and you know, you know yourself being a pretty young entrepreneur, to it sounds like a lot of your work is, is referrals and connections and mm -hmm. things like that. How did you build that base so that, you know, for lack of a better word, you can survive as, as a company? Yeah. Right? Um, so I started working pretty early. Um, I think I was... I was if starting from grade 12, I started writing lyrics mm -hmm. and top lining mm -hmm. um, for songs and from my networking, my personal networks. Then, yeah, I think that the third year of college, which I sped up my college experience, I graduated in three years. That last year was the last time that my parents gave me any money was mm -hmm. for the tuition. Oh, good for you. Of college, so throughout that entire time, I was working and networking like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you guys talk about network a oh, lot yeah. on this podcast, so I won't go into it. So then, when we started out in 2018, it was just because um, my partner Yao, we collaborated on her final like thesis project which used VR and spatial audio, which was a very new technology. That and this was like 2018, end of 2017, wow. beginning of 2018. So she completed that and nobody really understood what spatial audio was. Mm -hmm. Even VR was a very new thing. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of attention through that. And very quickly, um, we realized people didn't understand this. There's a need. There are things that we can do. And we're like, okay, I th we think that there's an opportunity here. The mm -hmm. other side of the coin was my original plan post-graduation was to go back to China and be some kind of a artist. Mm -hmm. And I was there and I tried this thing and it didn't work out um, because of various reasons, including I cannot restrain myself from food. <laughs> That's actually the biggest one. I was preparing for a TV show and then they asked me to fast to, to lose weight because, and I understand, I don't blame them. Yeah. Like, yes, you do look better when you're thin on camera because camera adds 10 pounds. Yeah. But it was just so hard on me to not be able to eat <laughs> that I was like, I don't want to do this for another 20 years. Yeah. You know? Um. So I quit that thing and I was like, nah. Let's start something. I see opportunities here. So I convinced Yao to start a company together. Well, she she was already on track to do her own thing. Mm -hmm. um, but one person's effort is still limited. So yeah. we mm -hmm. thought that it'd be a lot better if it's the two of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. And then so when, when ICTUS started, what was kind of like its 
primary goal? Or did you have specific like demographics of, of customers in mind or what were you guys doing? In the very beginning, we were only thinking about um ictus was whatever we did with our skills mm. that's all um there's not much of a plan we knew the areas that we wanted to go into being vr and also commercials mm -hmm. at the time i have already started doing some passion projects with directors mm -hmm. um so scoring to their visuals yeah and pa but only passion projects um then by 2018 in the beginning we, we were like, okay, so these are the different kind of avenues that we can go into. So we started networking a lot, which is when I met Launch Academy, actually, mm. through networking in 2018. Dan and Alex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 18 or 19. Time, yeah. time is there. The VR AR Summit yeah. was here in 2019. Then it was probably 19. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, and then networked with a lot of people in the scene. Vancouver is a small city. Yes. Um. And at the same time, the director that I used to do passion projects with moved back to China and started doing all kinds of shoots for different brands. So me staying here and him in Asia, we started doing long distance collaborations. Mm -hmm. And then it became referral clientele. So he, let's say, the way it works is there are production houses and then directors who go between different production houses. Um, and there are many different layers, right? And I'm just one of the subcontractor being the person who does the music. Mm -hmm. So I'm really close with this director. So he would bring me along to different projects with different production houses because he's mm -hmm. moving along. But then once I did a really good job, then the production house would want to keep us for their next project. Mm -hmm. right um and I, I was saying me but it was it was all of us together mm -hmm. um so then let's say this production house a kept us for their next project although my director friend has moved to his next project which i'm also carried over but then on this new project i then meet a new director mm. right so then this new director likes my our work and then the new director wants to keep us again yeah right so it just builds that way. Mm. I have not met any single one of my commercial clients face-to-face -face, oh, ever. Wow. Most of them I haven't even met in video chat. It's all remote business. Mm -hmm. And the largest client that we did last year was Mercedes. Wow. The Germany one or like American team? Uh, the, the Asian team. Okay. But, Asian so team. we are right now, that's where we found our um, clientele is because yep. they lack our expertise. Gotcha. So especially in China, they really lack, I can't really speak for any other countries, but for what I know, China specifically lack very expertise scorers for these type of projects. Gotcha. So that's just a market that I saw was open and I could mm -hmm. speak the language. So. Yep. That's amazing. That's, yeah. That's amazing. Um, you've mentioned a couple of times now, um, and, and even even talking about VR, like what kind of drew you to to that kind of XR space, and like why do you believe in it so much? I guess personally, right? So that is Yao's section. Mm -hmm. So we have this clear division of labor, or let's say division of focus mm -hmm. in our company, which we are now actually three team of three. Uh, what do you call it? Um, partners. Yep. 
and each had a different sector. I had the commercial scoring sector.、Mm-hmm. Yao has the XR sector,、mm-hmm. and our third partner, Cecilia, has the education sector. Gotcha. So, for XR, it's just something that Yao believes in so deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Um, me too, but、mm-hmm. energy limited. I already have other focuses. Yeah. But she really loves spatial audio. Her Style of composition perfectly suits that medium. There are so many things that she can do with it with her composition. That, like what she has made with spatial audio, I have not heard by any other published artist.、Um, it's just the way of leveraging、mm-hmm. that technology.、Um, and she also has a lot of ideas for actual content in VR.、Mm-hmm. And we all kind of agree that VR and AR is going to be the future, and it's going to be as pop as、uh, mundane as phones,、mm-hmm. if not replacing phones altogether. That's just something that we really believe in. Yeah. So we're just like, no matter how far we want to go into it, this is going to be the future. So、mm-hmm. why shy away from it now?、Mm-hmm. That's fair.、Um, and I know we hinted at it just for those that aren't familiar. Like, what is spatial audio?、Mm. So spatial audio is. A method of calculating audio in headphones so that it gives you a sense of depth and space in 360.、Mm-hmm. Um, if you consider, usually when you listen to a song and you wear headphones,、yeah. right, wherever you turn, the sound kind of stays the same. So spatial audio is essentially an algorithm that calculates where you are spatially, and when connected with the right devices, then. Wherever you turn in a 360 space,、mm-hmm. sound are kind of placed in space. Yeah. So as you turn your head, the sound actually changes. It's a it's an incredibly cool experience. Like I think even if you Google spatial audio, you can find some、yeah. things. I think on YouTube and things like that. It's、yeah. it's so cool. Like I think the best way I can describe it is pretending like there there's like a, a guitarist in front of you and a pianist behind you. If if you like lean more towards like you know the front, you would hear more of the guitarist, and you lean more to the back, you hear the pianist.、Um, but like that, you know, that doesn't sound like much. No pun intended.、Um, <laughs> you, 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 have to, you have to go experience, and it. it's just、yeah. it's very cool.、Um, and and like the first time I heard it was actually in my car, and it was,、mm. <laughs> I I was not driving to be very clear. <laughs> yes, but, and there's related to spatial audio binaural,、mm. which I think is a more accessible. Uh, kind of experience. So if you search for like virtual barber shop or binaural audio, something I think you're、uh, on YouTube, you can just hear that.、Um, and the thing with spatial audio is, if you consider how the Beatles revolutionized audio, going from mono to stereo,、mm-hmm. right? We used to have only one channel. Now we have two channels. Now they're like, whoa, <laughs> right? And playing all along with it. So now really going from stereo to spatial. You have this entire spherical, spherical, spherical <laughs> sphere. Very difficult. That's、word. very redundant. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this sphere of sound, and in terms of composition, like how many opportunities does that open up?、Mm-hmm. Right. Like imagine a piece of art. Just it used to be on a canvas, and it was flat. And now in VR, just using like tilt brush, for example,、mm-hmm. what kind of complicated mechanism, three D mechanism, can you create with that? Then it's the same for audio. So we don't want to stop at 
oh, here's a guitar, here's a piano, then I can get this experience. I can recreate it in reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not fun. I want to use that technology to make a type of music that cannot exist in reality. Mm -hmm. As in, I have a sound that flies from here all the way to there and then come back and then like make loops all around you, giving you the sense of depth and space and being surrounded in the middle that would be very costly to create in a physical space. I think that's the true potential. Well, that's what we believe the true potential of this is. The way that you were just describing everything too, like I'm just kind of like imagining myself like in a very dark room and just trying to imagine like the sounds almost as if they were like, uh, like, uh, like not like abstract images, but like as you were saying, like how they were like flowing from like one angle. We have demos we can send yeah. you. <laughs> really cool. Click like, here. All right, Samson, we need that last 45 seconds done spatially in an edit, post edit, please. Yeah. No, but it just sounds. You can now do it in logic. You can now do it in logic. Oh, you can be yeah. social logic. Yeah, logic has uh, fully integrated that. Gotta try. I definitely have logic, but I am a big nerd, so I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Shh. <laughs> you're an expert, Ray, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, man, it just sounds really beautiful in the sense that there is literally limitless potential yes. in that. Mm -hmm. And I was just also like another train of thought, too, is like it almost could help like those that may be like visually impaired to almost like see in a different way. Yeah, that's something that has yeah. been explored. Oh. Uh, we're, we're not experts in that area and it gets so much into like tech gears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the out of, so that stuff is, we prefer to, our focus is to make art with this technology. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah. But absolutely, that's a very big potential. That's yeah. yeah, I'm really excited to see what comes out of that space for sure. <laughs> yeah, and like that that just kind of reminded me like I've been recently like I'm listening to the audiobook of, uh, about Steve Jobs. Mm. And his kind of biggest claim to thing obviously we we know Apple, we know Pixar, mm -hmm. but was the way that he was able to merge art with technology, mm -hmm. right? And that kind of puts you in the same space where, where like that's kind of what you you're doing day to day is is you you're kind of using what technology we have on and at, I guess, at this time and age, but building art with it. Mm -hmm. um, so so with, with that being said, um, Jean, you have a question that you ask every single one of our oh, guests. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize at the time I was coaching so fast, but um, yeah. So, so I would say this is near the end of our episode then. So the last question, of course, that we ask all of our guests is if you could create a dream team. Now, these could include members um, that you're already working with it could be Yao, for example, or it could be characters from fictional stories, or maybe they're already a passed on historian. Which three members would you select um, to create a dream product or a vision that you have in mind for yourself? I could pretty confidently say that the team right now is my dream team. And the reason is... Um, I don't see myself as a very ambitious entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, from the very beginning, my dream had always been to use music um, and feed myself. That's all. It's really simple. It's yeah. I just want to like we a third of our time, if not more, is spent on work. I just want to spend that time on on music. 
So any kind of sound related work is good for me. I don't want to deal with like Excel sheets and I don't like coding. <laughs> so, and I don't like going to work nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, or making PowerPoint presentations. For example. Well, actually, I love PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> Bad example. I, I just mean like, you know, a lot of things that I think most people like to do. I just don't like to do because... I am sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. That's exactly how I am. You're unique. Right? So I jump, my mind jumps to places and I Mm -hmm. really can't stay on one thing for very long. Mm -hmm. So music just so happens to be the best way for me to express myself and to work. So the goal had always been that. Then in those sense, I, so having this company in music really is so that I can do what I love and have a good life with the people that I love Mm -hmm. and how, what better people to have on your team than the people that you love. Right. So we are a family business Mm -hmm. and Cecilia is my best friend of 13 years. We met when we were 12, Wow. You know, and the whole reason why she's on the team, she she has a chemical engineering background. And I just grabbed her on the team because I'm like, I will pay you more than the your your accepted offer here will pay you. I just want you on my company. And she's like my sister. So right now, every day I'm working with the people I love and just ha- living the life that I love. So if I were to bring someone else. I mean, I love Audrey Hepburn. I wish that she could be the face of the company. So people are like, they want to come visit her. But at the same time, it's like, well, that would mean I have to spend more energy in giving her what she deserves. And the company will blow so big that I don't have time to enjoy my life. So, and so is the case with anybody else. Like I could say, I want to bring Steve Jobs in my company, but then who's working for who, you know? He's kind of cranky. Yeah, I don't want that energy. Um, I don't, so yeah, our goal is not to create the world's best thing, mm-hmm. but to be happy. It's fair. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for those folks that are listening to this and they want to reach out to you, they resonated with what we talked about there today or they want to geek out over sound design or whatever like how can we find you and, and let's shout out your partners too like how can how we can connect with them um ictus audio ictus audio.com our seo should be up there so <laughs> if you just search for ictus audio we're on instagram we're on facebook we're on the, the website is the best place to reach us there's like mm-hmm. direct email links um and we read all of our emails it's awesome that's awesome. If the SEO isn't up there, we'll fire Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank Amazing. you guys so much. Thank no worries. You so this is much. awesome. This is- now I'm going to work on finishing my tamales. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, thank you everyone for listening in or watching in. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know that we did for sure. Uh, and we will see you at our next one. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bits and Bytes, a podcast that's part of the Launch Academy network of podcasts. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Launch Academy HQ. You might also like our other podcasts, Founder Journey and Launch AMA. This episode was hosted by Gene Yoon and Sam Chan and produced by Samson Lee. Learn more about what we do at Launch Academy by going to launchacademy.ca. Join our Launchpad program by going to launchacademy.ca slash launchpad. 
That's launchacademy.ca slash launchpad. 